To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode is also brought to you by pbandjoey.com. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for the all-new dark roast coffee. That's pbandjoey.com for more information. pbandjoey.com. Hey, folks, open an account today with Weeble, and with just a $100 deposit, you'll get four free stocks. And if you refer a friend, you'll get two more. Such a simple way to start a portfolio with the power of a desktop, tablet, or cell phone. With Weeble, you'll get zero commission fees, access to pre-market trading, and in-depth analytical tools for more advanced users. If you want to support this program, go to positivesarcasm.com, click on the Weeble banner in the contact section. That way, I'll get free stocks, and you'll get free stocks. Now, that's something most of us can agree on. Terms and conditions do apply. See Weeble.com for more information. Thank you to Weeble, and please trade responsibly. So they're generally hitting the Moscato too because they need something sweet in their lives because their husband is sour. That ring on your finger? Some pygmy died digging that out of a hole for you to say I do and ruin some guys like yeah. Look at that dude. He's got a hernia shaped like a bag of pretzels that he just. You're going to Thailand. You're going to smash some dude. Going over there for guy time, but it's not with his buddies. What does it say on the bottle? Well, if it says that on the bottle, why did you put it on your head? All these actors did was shut their mouths because they didn't want to be run out of Hollywood. Now a bad batch of Chinese food has you blowing insurance premiums on vitamin f***ing D. Too much. <laughs> That's who we're I'm going sound like for Bill Maher. Really, John? Really? really? We can't do this anymore, auntie. I'll see you at the bar mitzvah. It's almost like it never existed, but it fucking did. So do me a favor. Go f*** yourself! Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com, recorded here from the Sandbox. Like, subscribe, share, donate, PositiveSarcasm.com, slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. If you're looking for free stocks, please check out the Weeble app. It actually helps support the podcast. You also can start your uh, your own little portfolio, too, if you use my link in the description below, or you go to use the Rumble app, uh, or excuse me, the Rumble, uh, Rumble, YouTube, either way, doesn't matter. Uh, there's a link there. Go ahead, get yourself some free stocks. Start your own little portfolio. Hi, buddy. Um. Anyways, sorry, I got completely like sidetracked here. I was getting started, and then all of a sudden, my door just flung open and slammed shut from the outside. It's like a spring door, and I was just, like completely startled, and I kind of had to regather myself. Um. So yeah, here we are, and I'm completely sidetracked once again. In the meantime. Find me on social media, Positive Sarcasm, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Minds, on Gab. You can check out my Rumble page. Um, you can email me directly, positivesarcasm at outlook.com, or you can email me through my website. Just go to the contact section there. Uh, also, check out my new channel if you're into like music reaction type stuff. Go to my Positive Sarcasm Reactions. I post them on my website, and of course, you can just go to the channel, like, subscribe, uh, also there as well. I've dropped, I think, three in the last few days. I'm dropping, I'm doing another one tomorrow night. Um, it's been fun, but I've been doing, I mean, I'm going 100 miles an hour right now, packing up the sandbox studio, placing some a lot of it in storage. So yeah, I've been going crazy, just nonstop. It feels like by the time I get everything done, it's, it's time to curl up in the bed and call it a day. Shooting content, editing, traveling, uh, doing audio work for clients, um, and then all that while prepping to move literally twice in, in 
in a, in a stretch of just over one month. You know, it's a lot of stress. Uh, probably have to, you know, forget about like gray hair. Uh, by the time October rolls, rolls around, I'll probably have straight white hair so I can go up to people's houses dressed like Anderson Cooper. So it's, I mean, it's not that it's a bad look, but, um, you know, I'm just trying to keep my sanity through, through all of this. But yeah, I am packing everything up here. I got boxes to my right. Uh, things are, are starting to disappear. I already got a storage facility ready to go. And, uh, you know, but at the main, in the meantime, you just keep moving through all of this I, people uh sometimes like to put things off to the last minute i i don't i want to get everything all taken care of so the move is is easy as, as easy as possible um uh, but i'm still you know having fun with chase in the meantime going to the dog park and going for walks and running around on the beach and going up to the lakes region just having a, a good old time um with 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 what's available to me and you know despite everything on the news and ridiculous inflation and everybody freaking out it's still i'm still trying to have a little bit of fun out there on the interwebs without going without getting too heavy about things i think the biggest controversy i put out there in the last few weeks was uh people's favorite cheeses <laughs> so i did a little survey of like favorite cheeses brands flavors serving sizes you know stuff like that just to like give get an idea i was like i'm curious like as a, like a, a former fitness competitor and somebody who likes to take care of their body, it's like one thing we were privy to that we were able to have was a little bit of cheese. And there's a reason why uh, I'll get to that really quickly in another uh, an article I talked about. But I, I threw out there, it's like, serving, you know, what's what's the favorite cheese that people that people like? And uh, there's one actually, obviously, you know, uh, this this kid replied back with something I never fucking heard of. But that's the life of cheese. But I'm gonna try to open it up and see what it it um, what it entails here. Uh, bread cheese or lepa justo. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce it. But it's a Swedish uh, squeaky cheese, Finnish squeaky cheese, made from cow's bee stings, rich milk from a cow. Uh, it's also known as it's also known as a bread cheese. Also, it's made from cows. Blah blah blah. Commercially available versions are typically made from cow's milk. They lack some of the color or flavor because of this. Originally, uh, Southern Ostrobiona, Northern Fither... Well, okay, whatever. Um, okay, interesting. Maybe it's got like a, a real rich, savory flavor to it. I don't know. But it's... I mean, whatever. I, I was That was like the first one. Obviously, that first one threw me off. But I'm like, okay, it's cheese. I asked for people's favorite. The second one, pretty straightforward. Feta cheese. Feta cheese is... Freddy cheese I'm a fan of because you could put it on pizza, you could put it in pasta, you could put it on salad, you can you can just kind of, you know, sprinkle it throughout your day. It's good on party platters, uh, you know, if you're serving like, a, you know, antipast or whatever. Um, it goes good with salt, it goes good with salty, savory, sweet. It's really a solid, hell, I think you can even put it in like dessert for Christ's sakes. So, feta cheese, solid. Um, there's another one here. That apparently goes good with a uh, it goes good with a with a really rich wine. Um, so let's go ahead and look this one up. See what this one's talking about. Um, once again, something else I don't know how to pronounce. I think it's called Rockfort. It is a uh, ivory colored paste, emerald green veining, creamy, moist texture, intense sheep milk flavor. Balances the blue mold aroma, creating the magic taste of. Okay, so that's obviously it's intense. Um, ripened for a ripened for a minimum of 90 days 
including 14 days in limestone, natural limestone caves. So it's obviously got us an interesting scent to it for sure. Um, and then, of course, we got some some go to's Munster cheese. Munster cheese is pretty cool. I like I can definitely eat Munster cheese on its own. But if it's on like a burger or like a sandwich or in a salad or on pizza, especially on pizza, I'm a big fan of Munster cheese. To me, it's extremely underrated, to extremely underrated. I think it's like one of those cheeses that you could do a lot with, especially if it's smoked. And of course, uh, I got a, I got a specific brand and flavor, Cabot uh, Garlic and Herb, which totally Cabot is a really good cheese um, available at most grocery stores. And Garlic and Herb is a, is a solid go-to. You can put it on just about anything. You can put it on sandwiches. You can put it on pasta. You can put it on pizza. You can put it on salads. Um, you can put it on antipasta. You can do with pretty much all that you want with it. Um, there's a lot there. So make st straight up regular garlic bread too. That's a that's a banger. Um, now most of the some of these cheese, I'm not really sure what their their nutritional guidelines are or the nutritional specs are. But the thing is about cheese is some people tells you it makes it fat, but that's not necessarily true. If you're eating like mozzarella cheese, it depends on how much. Um, it depends on how well it's aged, and then if you buy like cheese that's been aged. You buy cheese that's been aged. Generally, it won't have any carbohydrates. Um, there is a there is a, a keto diet rule about cheese, obviously. So I'll give you I'll just give you the brief rundown really quick before we jump into uh, one of my next articles. Um, is this the right one? Here we go. So about keto diet rules are just basically not trying to get too much of an insulin spike. It doesn't have to be keto based, but um, keto work. Uh, cheese works. Cheese. Uh, First of all, it's freaking delicious. It's a great way to get an enjoyable snack without blowing up your calories too much. But then again, if you're on a keto or on a low-carb diet rule, um, you do need those calories either way. Uh, but, a but a saturated fat nonetheless, which is really, really good for you. So basically, like it's, ba it's a milk that's just gone through the process of fermentation. And then from there, once the fermentation is incurred, the curd and the molding, the whey is drained off. Drained off. Um, what am I looking for here? So the more it ferments, the fewer carbs it will contain. The lower carb cheeses will have the highest levels of protein, uh, water, butter, fat, protein, lactose. So once you, I believe it's lactose there, that once you age it, that that milky because milk has lactose in it milk has sugar in it milk has carbs in it but if you age it that stuff dissipates the sugars burn off per se and then you have a really aged cheese like a sharp cheddar or like a parm or an asiago or romano pecorino romano those cheeses generally don't have the carbs in them they're just high in fat and high in proteins and they have a distinct flavor to them now there is um a list of like the 14 low carb cheeses you could choose from one is brie Brie, I'm not a fan of, but it does fit the bill. So if you're a fan of brie, like you like put spreading it on crackers, but then again, if you're spreading on crackers, you just defeated the whole point of this exercise. So there is that. To this other one is called Grie. Uh, it's a Swiss cheese that's ideal for snacking cheese plates, melting or grating. That's perfect. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Romano cheese is on my hit list. That is one cheese I absolutely go to for just about anything. 19 grams uh, for calories. It's pretty low. Italian's Italian cheap milk, uh, tangy punch to spice up your low carb pasta. Excuse me, 
vegetable dishes, perfect for salads, pretty much for anything. So Romano is aged, so that's what makes it so good. Uh, cheddar cheese, cheddar cheese is also aged. It's one of the most popular, it's great on burgers. It's great on just about anything. It's good on a pizza, it's good on salads. It involves adding salt to the curds before they are kneaded, cubed, drained of whey, and stacked. It's a non-melting cheese due to the acidity level, it makes it tough to melt, but you can still melt it. Anything melts with the right amount of heat. Um, the best way to melt cheddar is to cut it very finely. It's a great choice for eggs, bacon, ooh, totally. Blue cheese. Uh, blue cheese is hit or miss depending upon the folks that like to eat it, uh, but it is a mold. Uh, from the genus Penicillum, Roque 40 are added. This is added at the beginning of the cheese making process. Excuse me. Uh, cheese wheels are needed to form tiny holes. This allows the airs to come in and react to enzymes and bacteria. This produces the blue veins, gross, which char characterize the cheese. The whole process also eliminates the amount of lactose. That makes it a very low carb count. Gouda cheese. Dutch cheese. Delivers the taste of... I like Gouda cheese, personally. You can also get it smoked, which is awesome. The delivers a taste that combines caramel, butterscotch, butter, and bacon. The longer the Gouda is aged, the more of these flavors it will have. Cheese is best enjoys with slim, thin slice of tart, crunchy apples, or as a part of a sandwich. No argument here. Hell, I'll make a pizza out of it. I don't care. Tilsitter, which I have not heard of. It's a German cheese that's originated in the town of, town of Tilsit. It's aged for up to three months, smooth, mild, and milky. It can have a pungent aroma, however. Uh, traditional table cheese. Swiss cheese. There you go, too. Classic. Uh, has holes. Uh, most popular cheeses of the planet. Uh, encompasses all alpine cheeses. They're all alike. They're semi-hard <laughs> and have a hard, buttery flavor. Uh, the holes that characterize Swiss cheese are good news for low-carb lovers. That's because they're caused by bacteria eating up the lactose content. Fontina comes from the, uh, it's only got 14 calories. Italian Swiss border made from raw cow's milk. I love raw milk. It's delicious. Native Valdinesta cows, and it's aged for more than 90 days. This is a dense, supple cheese that prevents a nutty, slightly pungent taste. It's perfect for melting, baking, or snacking. Burrata cheese. Burrata cheese, if you ever, it looks like a sack. They place it on top of pizzas, and you cut it, and it kind of opens up and falls apart. Oh, cheese. Easy. Um, sorry, buddy. Can't be can't be taken over. You wanna you wanna click the mouse? Start your own podcast. Um, it's a combination of mozzarella and cream, but it is fantastic. So burrata cheese or burrata or burrata, whatever. It's burrata. B u r r a t a. And my tongue's not working tonight. But either way, don't confuse it with mozzarella. Um, but it is delicious. It goes great with fresh autumn fruits. To me, it goes great great with anything. It's just. It's something else. Uh, halloumi it comes from Cyprus. It's sourced from either goat or sheep milk. Served as a snack or dessert. Very popular grilling cheese. Nice. 14 calories. Uh, carbs. Most of these things are under one carb. So, like, this one says 0 0.06. So, um, whenever you see just under one gram of carbs, that's that's a cheese that's been aged for a while. Manchego cheese. 13 calories. Uh, Spanish cheese, which is a very popular snack food, comes from raw pasteurized milk from Manchego sheep. The more it is aged, the nuttier the flavor will be. It pairs well with ham. It makes a great, sal great salad cheese. Paneer. Uh, popular Indian cheese commonly used. Now, like I said, most of these things are high in fat, which is good for you. High in protein, which is good for you. And then basically carbs. We're starting to go up the carb ladder. We're at 1 gram and 1.4 gram. So paneer is at 1, and then cream is 1.4. 
But paneer uh, added to drive uh, fried vegetables used in curries. It's firm. It's unsalted. Acid-set cheese. Popular in sweet and savory dishes. You'll see it at Indian restaurants like paneer tiki masala. Uh, all these are perfectly acceptable on a low-carb diet. And then finally, cream. Uh, 19 calories, 1.4 grams of carbs, basically no protein and fats. Uh, cream cheese. So cream cheese. It's a popular ingredient in many ketogenic and Atkins diets recipes because it provides a sweet little taste for very low carb count. It's used as a main ingredient in delicious keto friendly, keto friendly cheesecake. Correct. You can use it heavily in a keto cheesecake. You just add like, you basically just add uh, protein powder and then cream cheese. And then you, you're done. <coughs> Excuse me. And then you're done. So uh, basically you can refrigerate it or you can freeze it. Um, I've never attempted to bake it. So take that into account. Um, so there you have it. It's just one of those things. I, I wanted to throw that out there as far as cheeses. Um, it's, one of my, it's one of my favorite snacks to go to. Can you overindulge on cheese? Yes, you can. Um, can you overindulge on anything? Absolutely. Cheese is one of them. Nuts is one of them. But it's just one of those things. I, I threw a survey out there and just wanted to see what everybody's thoughts and feelings were about it. Um, as you guys know, I've worked with... Um, I'm just going to switch right over to the next one, the next topic. It's not so cheesy. Let's put it that way. Part of the pun. Uh, you guys know I've worked with nonprofits in the past. And um, I have a... I'm very... Uh, what do you call it? When it comes to 501c, 501c3 nonprofits, I'm generally pretty like, I, I like to question it. I want to know where the money is going. And um, you'll find that a lot of nonprofits, a lot of nonprofits, if they're not unorganized, they're skimming off the top or sometimes skimming off the top from the middle and from the bottom. This is just something that happens when, when uh, nonprofits of any type can get get big or attract a huge amount of money in a very short period of time. So that being said, um, Black Lives Matter is no different. Black Lives Matter is a nonprofit. Now, are they a 501c3? Well, if they're registered as a nonprofit, then most likely they are a 501c3. There's many different chapters. Now, we can separate the movement from the organization. Let's just stick with the organization. Now, when there's that much money kicking around, for whatever reason, there's tends to, there tends to be abusers. And apparently one of them, reportedly, bought a $6 million mansion. $6 million of money that coulda or shoulda gone somewhere important was instead used to fill a real estate agent's pockets. So according to the New York Post and many, many other places, um, let me go ahead and pull up the article here. Is that the right one? Here we go. Let me close this out too. Sorry. I'm petting my dog and doing a podcast at the same time. All right. So here we go. Uh, let's see. Let me scroll to the top. Sorry. 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 Inside the $6 million mansion, BLM reportedly bought with donated funds. So sprawling $6 million mansion bought by Black Lives Matter in Los Angeles once hosted Humphrey Go Bogart and Marilyn Manson as house guests. Comes with a complete soundstage, music studio, pool, and a two-bedroom guest house. 7,400 square foot studio city compound, 1930s farmhouse, uh, impressively renovated, so on and so forth. 
Shell, okay, so a shell company connected to Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation bought the home in October of 2020. It's a nice looking house. <clears throat> Swanky Digs, what it's basically, I thought I had the, this article actually had, uh, okay, three days, okay, the seller at the time, televangelist Sean Boltz confirmed the sale to the post. Three days after the purchase, however, records show that the property was transferred to a Delaware limited liability company. Named after the home's ad address and representing BLM GNF for $5.8 million. No transfer tax was recorded because the LLC was representing the nonprofit, which is tax exempt. The LLC is registered under a Washington, D.C. office for the law firm Perkins Coie, or Perkins Coie, C O I E, which had set up the complex web of BLM NGF's rel related entities in 2016. The discrepancy between the two eye-popping accounts was not immediately clear. There's also a thing when you actually go to, from what I understand back in the past, when you donated to Black Lives Matter, it actually went to the DNC, the Democratic National uh, Committee. So, but let's continue on. Just before closing day, Boltz posted a video to his Twitter in which he spoke about being passionate about BLM and how he was trying to convince more conservative members of his church to embrace the group's civil rights cause. Quote, the black community has been mistreated, said Boltz, the author of the books like Translating God, God's Secrets, and 17-minute YouTube video. He told the Post on Tuesday, I really believe in their cause. The National Legal and Policy Center, a government watchdog, blasted the purchase of a luxury mansion by the nonprofit and its lack of transparency. Quote, charity cash was used to conduct what appears to be a hugely profitable transaction between a shadowy Delaware LLC and a close associate of the officers of the BLM GNF, said Thomas Anderson, Tom Anderson, director of the Virginia-based group's Government Integrity Project. The group which filed a complaint against BLM NGNF to the IRS last year said it would also file an amended complaint to the California Attorney General following the revelations of the Studio City property purchase. This is interesting. Um, let's see. Okay, so there's okay three BLM readers, leaders: Patrice Coors, Alicia, Alicia Garza, and Melina Abdullah recorded a video last June outside of the mansion. The leaders were marking the one-year anniversary anniversary of George Floyd's murder. Okay. BLM says the property was acquired in the quote furtherance of the B of BLM's mission. The mansion served as a backdrop in a YouTube video recorded last year by three BLM readers, leaders who are just Mark Colors, Garza, and uh, Abdullah, uh, marking the murder. It is it's because we're powerful, because we are winning, Colors said, of what she characterized as right-wing media attacks in a now private video. It it's because we are threatening the establishment. We're threatening white supremacy. Um, months earlier, the Post reportedly recorded exclusively in tw uh, April 2021 that Colors, a co-founder of BLM GNF, had scooped up four high-end U.S. homes for $3.2 million, including three in the Los Angeles area and another outside of Atlanta, complete with an airplane hangar. Colors sold the, uh, the Atlanta property months after the Post reported in 2021. According to public records, she resigned from the organization in May of 2021. BLM said the property was acquired uh, to, once again, in the furtherance of BLM's mission, as well as for other uses. What uses are we talking about here? Um, BLM GNF board member Shallow Bowers told The Post in a statement Monday. Uh, BLM said the home is intended to serve as housing and studio space for recipients of the Black Joy Creators Fe Fellowship. 
The home also includes a soundstage, music pool, and two-bedroom guest house. The home is intended to serve as a housing studio space, blah, blah, blah. The organization always planned to disclose the property on the upcoming 990 due May 15th. As part of the, uh, the ongoing transparency efforts, Bauer's statement confirmed, continued. Uh, BLM, quote, GNF has and continues to utilize the space for programming and leadership offsites. The property does not serve as a personal residence. So there's the bulk of the article. Now, as far as being a, a 501c3, uh, there, now getting the certification is one thing. Reporting it and maintaining it is another. So if you wanted to, say you were a 501c3, let's say you wanted to, I don't know, uh, raise money to, I don't know, rescue fucking stranded turtles or something. There is a tax application for this process. It, the, the, you can go to the government website, irs.org, and they'll, they'll send you through the whole process. Um, it, it may not necessarily be a cheap process either. And then making sure you maintain your status is another thing. But um, it means that the corporate is exempt from paying federal taxes on revenues and income generated in the organization. It does not exempt the organization from filing tax returns. You still must file your 990 with the IRS to account for the income that comes into the organization. Um, it works like other C corporations. The main difference, so is that the financial data of a 501c3 is subject to public review. So if you're, you are a public, your finances are public, which means that anything you file with the federal government, uh, the press can see, anybody who files a request can see what you, how much you made, what you spent it on, all that other stuff. A private organization, they're able to maintain their books without this type of potential scrutiny unless uh, a request is filed legally, so on and so forth. Um, also remember that a nonprofit is fundamentally a corporation, trust, LLC, unincorporated association must follow the organizational rules, underlying business entity. For example, with a corporation, you have to, uh, you'll have articles of incorporation with bylaws that dictate how you run your organization. Board of directors is elected. Nonprofit can hire people and pay them a salary. This is another thing. So say they raise $6 million. They can hire administrators for $100,000 a year and still be considered a nonprofit organization. As long as they keep getting funding and a portion of these pro proceeds apparently go to whatever, they can still be legally a 501c3 and continue on with their business practices, however shady they may seem. Now, what's required to maintain this status? The primary thing that an organization needs to do to maintain annual filing. The 990, subsequent schedules, accompanying forms, blah, blah, blah. Aside from the annual tax forms, participating in political campaign. Okay, here's the thing. Aside from filing the annual tax forms, the organization should, should avoid engaging in activities that could jeopardize the tax-exempt status. Activities that should be avoided include, this is from Forbes Advisor, participating in political campaigns at any level, lobbying as a substantial part of the regular activities, Operating in, operating in a way unrelated to its exempt mission. Violating public policies with activities. Not filing return for three consecutive years. And not operating for the benefit of the public interest. So, the question is, the movement itself and the, the organization itself, depending upon if it's, it's chapters of the organization or the organization as a whole or its main uh, board of electives. So... Participating in a political campaigns at any level. 
Has BLM done that? Lobbying as a substantial part of its regular activities. Example, lobbying to the federal government to have laws changed. Has it done that? Operating in a way unrelated to its exempt mission. Such as what? Rioting? I don't know. You figure it out. Violating public policy with activities. What kind of activities are we talking about? Not filing a return for three consecutive years. That one's kind of easy. Not operating for the benefit of public, public interest. If BLM has been connected to rioting, they're not acting in the benefit of public interest. Therefore, they could jeopardize losing their 501c3 status. But these are just as a 501c3 or any 501c3. It's just that this one happens to be in the news lately because somebody happened to reportedly buy a $6 million house. I don't know if that's the best use of your nonprofit money, maybe feeding the homeless, maybe helping support black businesses, maybe doing this, that, maybe not buying a $6 million house where you're toasting to the, uh, where you're toasting to the one-year anniversary of somebody's publicized murder. Advantages of and disadvantages of a nonprofit status. Uh, pros and cons. Tax advantage allows nonprofits to put more money to the fulfillment of their goals, which is kind of the whole point of a nonprofit, putting money towards good people goals. Many public and private grants won't consider organizations that aren't a registered 501c3. Uh, formal structure keeps founders and volunteers separate from the organization. This helps limit the uh, liabilities of the organization away from founders, board of directors, and volunteers unless someone has used the organization to shield illegal or irresponsible actions, i.e., buying a $6 million house. The disadvantages of becoming a nonprofit include nonprofits require detailed records that must be kept along with annual filings to the IRS. For example, if you bought a $6 million house, the public will know about it. Shared control. Most states require a 501c3 nonprofit to have several members on the board who are responsible for electing officers who determine an organizational policy. Um, public scrutiny. Because the nonprofit is dedicated to the public interest, it is subject to having records and accounts reviewed by public upon request, i.e., journalists this includes salaries and expenditures so and then there's obviously um you may be eligible to file a form 1023 easy if you file eat the following requirements you have a gross income under fifty thousand dollars estimated gross under fifty thousand dollars for the first three years blah 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 and then there's required documentation and infrastructure and then there's checks to be made you gotta file a check make payable to the department of treasury and then you get all your stuff and then you go on and you uh, start searching for real estate. Um, so these are some of the things that I have been um, questioning. This is one of the reasons why when it comes to uh, nonprofits that I start to have an issue with. Don't get me wrong. There are some colleges that are nonprofit. There are some healthcare businesses which are nonprofit. But what does that mean? Well, when you say not-for-profit, what does that really mean? Who... who Somebody's profiting. Somebody generally a lot of five. Now I've worked for 501c3s where it's not a profit-based situation where the actual money or the effort or the labor goes straight towards the cause. Everything else is just to pay for fees or pay for for bills to run this actual thing, pay for travel, uh, pay for promotion. You know, all. 501c3s all nonprofits lobby in some degree they just they're trying to you know shake a few hands so that they can get their cause moved forward totally understandable totally understandable sometimes kissing ass as a, as a three as a as a nonprofit totally pays off totally pays off 
But if you're contributing to causes or contributing to people that are uh, starting riots, making threats, lobbying for illegal activities, buying $6 million houses, uh, that raises some red flags. That raises some red flags, and it's really... It makes you wonder where your money's going. $6 million. What can you do with $6 million? I know I could retire. That's for sure. Um, just remember, even with the price of inflation, you could still buy a house in New Hampshire for four, three, four, five hundred grand. So you can stage all kinds of stuff here. So once again, why are you buying a $6 million house? What do you need with a $6 million house that has a, uh, a dense history of celebrity inside of it? What's that all about? Couldn't you have bought something in the Valley? Couldn't you have bought something in another state? Maybe you could have bought it in an office or a podcast complex. Why did it have to be a $6 million house? Let's, let's look inside this house. Let's see what's, what's, uh, you know, let's, let's see what this, this, this sweet, uh, pads all about here. Um, where is it? Here we go. Sprawling $6 billion mansion, hosted Humphrey Bogart, blah, 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 blah. Uh, music studio, pool, a two-bedroom guest house. Let's see. 7,400 square feet. I owned a house for 10 minutes that was 3,600 square feet. Uh, a 1930s farmhouse. Both seven bedrooms, seven bathrooms, according to the real estate listing. My God. Look at those. That's freaking awesome. Oh, look. DirecTV. What else? Mm. Secretly bought by a shell company in October 2020, uh, connected to the embattled Black Lives Matter Global Found Network Foundation. Look at that pool. Property, blah, blah, blah. That's a nice kitchen. Is that granite? That's got to be granite. Look at that. They're using like a hair salon as freaking chandeliers. Um, Black Lives Matter used part of its $90 million donation windfall to purchase property as a campus for the organization, the New York Magazine reported. So they have $90 million that was given to them. So if they use $6 million to purchase this house, what the hell are they doing with the other $90 million? Probably lobbying. Uh, property records reviews show the home was sold for $3.1 million to Dwayne Pascal, a Los Angeles-based real estate agent developer who works for in the nonprofit sector in a deal that closed in October 27th. Uh and then duh, 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 records show that the property was transferred uh, to the homes. So they, he bought it for th over $3 million and then transferred it to the BLM GNF group for $5.8 million. And then no transfer tax was recorded because, like I said, LLC, nonprofit. Uh, look at that studio. Jeez, I'm jealous. Uh, let's see. And then the government watchdog. I mean... Look at that freaking house. Brick front end. Okay. So, yeah, that's a that's a rough look. That's a real rough look. So, it's like, okay, if you are a supporter for nonprofits, who are you, like, is it global warming? Is it, um, is it uh, animal rescue? Is it uh, ocean cleanup? Is it the Red Cross? Is it the, you know, Toys for Tots? Jerry's kids, you know, it may be wise to figure out if you support a nonprofit, um, as I have and actually still do, uh, where does that money go? Where does that labor go? 
and what are the results of their efforts? You know, like if it comes to like saving dogs, like that's a huge thing for me. Like I, I'm not, I, I hate the idea that dogs are, you know, killed, that there's kill shelters that exist, that people mistreat them, puppy mills, things. I, I hate it. It disgusts me. I have no value in my life for anybody who, who treats animals like that like dogs like i i believe that factory farming needs to be reformed i believe that there should be no such thing as kill shelters for dogs um i i have a lot of feelings about animal welfare in general okay so when it comes to like if you have like a a, a dog rescue group that happens to own a mansion with a with a fucking swimming pool shaped like a dog bone um this is upsets me greatly it's like okay you have this you know, $200,000 swimming pool where the fees to rescue a dog are 500 bucks. So for 500 bucks, let's do the math here. If you have, let's see, where is my calculator? Let's just say you have a $200,000 swimming pool and let's divide that by a $500. Let's do a thousand. Actually, no, I did the number wrong. Sorry, two, that's 20,000. That's 200,000 divided by 700 bucks. So rescue, registration, and transfer. Why is my math so bad today? Divided by 700. That's 285 dogs, I think. Two, zero, 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 zero. Divided by uh, 700 bucks. Yeah, 280, is that 285 dogs? Yeah, there's 285 dogs you could have rescued. Imagine 285 dogs coming at you. Think I, I don't think, is my math even right? Am I doing this right? 285 dogs, yeah. So wait a minute, 200 grand, so $2,000, yeah. Divided by 700, yeah. That's, that's about right. So 200, so like 300 dogs, I guess you could rescue just with that amount of money. Instead, you build a dog-shaped swimming pool. What's the point of all of this? So that's it for $6 million. If you had $6 million, divided by 700 bucks to rescue and transfer a dog, that's 8,571 puppers. 8,000 dogs, 8,500 dogs you could have saved, rescued, put in like a, a farm or, or a foster home or, or whatever. But instead you went and bought a giant ass mansion and celebrated some guy's murder. You could have done that. You could have put it into, into tough neighborhoods, public schools, funding books for kids to read, helping them with transportation, Helping them with after-school activities. Helping people get certified for real estate licenses or um, travel expenses. Transportation. You know, giving them lawyers for uh, like the Innocence Project. Helping with that. Helping with the legal fees so they can, you know, uh, you know, if they're in, a, in jail for a crime they didn't commit or some bullshit marijuana charge. Could have done that. But instead, you 
transfer over a $5.8 million piece of real estate. And then there's this other situation here. This other, this person who resigned also bought other pieces of real estate and then sold them immediately when they got caught, um, allegedly. Makes you wonder, well, where did this money come from? Who's donating? And should you donate? And what nonprofits are you donating to at this time that maybe you should hold your money for something else? Here's the thing with the price, with inflation and costs and everything like that, are people still going to continue to donate right now with the amount of shit that they have to uh, uh, pay for now? So it's like, is it, where's this money? At this point, where does the money come from? And is the jig up? I would like to know more information on that. And like I said, this is a shitty thing to do. The $6 million that could have gone to so many other wonderful things. And it would have been a very easy thing to do. But remember, we're just talking about $6 million. Where's the other $90 million? $90 million. You realize that. Instead, you could have bought a ton of houses. You could have bought, you know, hundreds of homes for people for people in your quote community so that they could have proper housing you didn't do any of that you bought one for yourself and two other bitches and uh called it a day pretty trashy if pretty fucking trashy there are people that actually believe in this cause that really have strong feelings and really do work hard for their community on behalf of their community and this is what you do with with their hard work you abuse it like i said i can understand your reason for the movement i can't get down with the organization because at the end of the day they're a nonprofit, and nonprofits a lot of times have a lot of skeletons in their closet and if you think that money goes to where it's supposed to you better think again we are coming up on uh, 39 minutes. Let's go ahead and close up shop with some simple Q&A. We discussed um, my, uh, me packing up the Sandbox studio and getting ready to move to a temporary studio where there'll be a brief hiatus when I get there and then a brief hiatus when I transfer into my uh, final resting place, per se. Um, and then uh, we talked about you know cheese and low-carbohydrate you know, low cheeses and then just some sort of a quick survey of people's, you know, favorite types of cheese per se. And then we discussed um, the mansion purchased by Black Lives Matter, Black Lives people, people in the organization Black Lives Matter. But we'll go ahead. And we'll move on to first the first world problems section of uh, Diggs Q and A. By the way, if you want to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com/donate. Any amount is appreciated. There's other ways to support the podcast too. Uh, such as the Acorns app, the Weeble app. If you want to get free stocks, just sign up, throw 100 bucks in your account, and then you're off and running. Um, I don't even think you have to throw in 100 bucks, but you have to double check. But once your account is funded, you get your free stocks, and then I get free stocks. And you're not, you haven't spent a dime. You haven't even spent a dime. You're just getting free gas money. Nothing wrong with that. Let's close up shop with some dig Q&A. May I continue imitating a train whistle when I see and hear a train? I love trains. You're alone just like me i imitate a train whistle and i like doing it weird i like how i learned how to do it about 10 years ago by listening to trains whistle for many years i'm in my 30s now gross i know there are places i shouldn't do it some people i know like to hear me do it anywhere others say i should do it only outside others say i, sh I should uh, others say don't do it at all 
When I see Inherit Train, I will sometimes automatically whistle. It's not the best thing to do, I suppose. But it's not the worst either. I don't drink, smoke, or do drugs. And I'm fairly healthy. What do you think of my imitating a train whistle? Have you ever heard of anyone doing this? Uh, okay. Well, if you're doing it to be annoying, then don't do it. Um, if you just do it because it's like a little twitch. And first of all, how often do you need trains? Do you like live in New York or or well, that's tra they don't do it. subway trains don't have a whistle. Do you live near a train station? I just hope it's like a little glitch. It's not something that's gonna tear you apart. Like you're gonna have like a song stuck in your head and then all of a sudden one day you're gonna be in the corner naked lighting your shit on fire. I hope that's not the case. I wish y'all the luck though. I have no res resolution for you on this, bro. Let's move on to the next one. I'm assuming it's a bro. I don't think a chick would do that. Um, they have other ways of tearing themselves apart. How can I get my mother-in-law to stop accusing me of faking the life-threatening condition I experienced during my pregnancy? When I was pregnant with my first child, I was diagnosed with a condition called hypermesis gravidarum. It's, it's a, it causes debilitating nausea, uncontrolled vomiting, and dehydration, and in severe cases can be life-threatening. During the course of my pregnancy, I had to go to the ER eight times, and I was admitted to the hospital for four days at one point. HG also led to other pregnancy complications, and I delivered my son emer by emergency C-section 10 years, 10 years, <laughs> 10 years, 10 weeks early. It was by far the most difficult thing either my husband or I've ever been through. I'm now pregnant with my second child. And now, thankfully, I'm enjoying a normal preg. The problem is my mother-in-law has taken my good health now as a sign that I never really was sick the first time. She has expressed that my first pregnancy distress was a really a psychological issue because I was so afraid I wouldn't have a healthy baby. That's in quotes. I'm not sure why she says things like this, and I'm really it upsets me when she raises the topic. My husband says I need to learn that her opinion just doesn't matter but I'm still upset. Um, well, um, she's accused. This is not like an opinion. This is more of a accusation. And like I said, anybody who accuses you of bullshit, you need to just discontinue talking to them. You need to just push them out of your life. I'm, I'm just like that. Anybody who accuses you of, of lying that you didn't do or thievery that you didn't commit, you have to cut them off completely. You do. You need to teach them a fucking lesson because they're just never, and even though they're not going to learn anything from that lesson, it's still better for you to enjoy your life and your pregnancy the way you see fit. And nobody else, if it's not their pregnancy, their opinion doesn't matter. How can I make my neighbors understand that being Jewish means family, my family will not put up with Easter decorations? What? We are a Jewish, okay, so they're probably Orthodox. Uh, we are a Jewish family with young children, and we recently moved to a neighborhood that's full of families with kids, which has been great. We have all enjoyed getting to know our neighbors recently from one of the neighbors texting me that a block does a streetwide Easter egg hunt, and everyone was going to decorate the houses and hide candy-filled eggs in front of their yards for all the kids to find on Easter morning. I initially res responded saying that it sounded like a lot of fun, but that we wouldn't be able to participate, and I wish them the best. My neighbor then asked me to hide eggs and decorate our yard, even if our kids weren't able available to participate in the Easter egg hunt. No, you don't have to. Uh, so I explained, we're Jewish. We don't celebrate Easter. I hope they would have a great time. Now I've got two different neighbors telling me that this is a secular event and everyone does this and I shouldn't deprive my kids of fun. Any suggestions for what I do? I don't feel comfortable decorating our home with symbols of a holiday that we don't celebrate. And honestly, we'll be way too busy hosting our own out of town family for Passover this weekend to be simultaneously crafting an Easter egg hunt in our yard. Am I an Easter Grinch? Uh, I would happily let my kids vision, vi visit a Christian friend's house and celebrate Easter with them, 
but doing it at our own house seems strange. Um, look, you're Jewish. You don't celebrate certain holidays or you don't have time to celebrate certain holidays. That's your gig. That's your house. That's your property. End of story. Nobody has the right to tell you what the fuck to do. If your house looks clean and your lawn is mowed, that's, a, that's the end of it. That's it. Nobody can tell you. It's not a secular event. Easter is a is an event that can be, that is based on religion. But look, Jesus didn't fucking lay eggs. So I don't understand. the. I, I get it. They, they do it as a secular event because they want it to be harmless and fun. I get it. Fine. If you don't want to do it, though, that's the end of the topic. We're Jewish. We don't do it. Done. And they want to give you shit. That's just them being assholes. So they, they need to leave. They do need to leave you alone. What if you were, uh, I don't know. But if you were a Muslim, would they be giving you shit then? So this is not their thing. This is this is they need to completely back off on. Otherwise, you're going to have to go to their house and make and make them put up fucking dreidels for Hanukkah and shit. So, yeah, they they need to stop pushing on you. They need to people need to stop pushing their ideals upon other people. This is a problem in this country and it needs to stop. In in all aspects. People need to mind their own fucking business. How can I convince prospective employers, excuse me, uh, that I regret the illegal vindictive activities I engaged in my last job? Ooh. Uh, By starting your own company. I had an excellent career for more than 14 years in information technology. Mm, But I made a serious mistake that damaged my career. In my most recent position, the first four years were productive with excellent performance reviews, salary increases, and a promotion. In my fifth year, I reported to a new manager who held a different management philosophy. I eventually realized he was trying to force me out to bring in his own team, and I didn't know how to handle it. Wait. I realized he was trying to force me out to bring in his own team, and I didn't know how to handle it. After leaving the company, I was angry and engaged in activities that resulted in a felony charge for unauthorized access. I received a one-year probation. I wrote the manager an apology for my actions and also went through voluntary counseling. My resume is well-prepared. I have excellent communication skills, a good work history, minus the felony, great references, and a wealth of IT experience. I have been upfront about my felony, but employers backed off. Understandable. I engaged my, I changed my tactics and waited to explain my record after receiving a job author offer. Each company rescinded its offer. How do I undo the damage? I sincerely regret my angry actions. Um, I would start just building connections. I think you're kind of, you're, you're kind of fucksville here. I would, there's two things. You can start to get to know some people that know some people that know some people. That's one way of doing it. Reinsert yourself in entry level or start your own business and get really, really creative. That way you can make your own rules and you don't have to worry about this like ever popping up again. The, 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 your own business thing. I mean, if you're willing to go through the, 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 the backbreaking tack of tactics of it, then you should be able to start your own company in some capacity, whether it's database management or a DIY it group, something to that effect or staffing recruitment for it. There's plenty of there's plenty of ways you can do it without having to go on job interviews where you're just gonna get blown off at the uh, last minute. Uh, let's do one more. Should I continue my estrangement with my daughter's family over a minor disagreement over which TV show to watch? I was at my daughter's house while she and my son-in-law were working in their bathroom. 
my two grandsons and I were in the den. The boys were on their tablets, and I was watching an episode of a reality show, which was almost over. Mind you, I've never seen this show before, and I was very much into it. My daughter and law, my daughter and son-in-law came into the den, come into the den and sit down. My daughter says to me, "Mom, Buck wants to watch the news." I'm like, "What?" I'm watching this show. She says, well, Buck wants to watch the news. My grandson then says, we always watch the news. I'm like, but this show's almost over. They go scurrying about. My daughter into the kitchen. My son into the grandson's walking past me. At, go outside. My son-in-law says, you can watch the TV. I was like, oh, he- hell no, not now. I went to the kitchen flabbergasted. Wait, what? They go scurrying about. Daughter went to the kitchen. My son-in-law and grandson's walking past me. You go outside. My son-in-law says, you can watch the TV. My daughter then says to me, maybe you should wait. I was like, oh, hell no, not now. I went to the kitchen flabbergasted. My daughter then says to me, maybe you should just leave. Flabbergasted again, I said, yeah, I guess I should. Yesterday was over a year since that happened. I've gone over at Christmas time and put presents on the stoop. I've sent birthday cards with I love you notes. I've sent birthday presents, nothing from them. I texted her and said I wanted to put it into the science. I've gotten angry with them. I have gotten angry with them in the past for disrespecting me as well as I brought it up in my te- in my text. She stated that she does they just don't want to be around me because they don't know what I'm going to drop a drop a ball. I told her I will drop a ball when I am disrespected. Ooh. Uh should I not demand respect from my children? Should I have gotten upset over the TV? I'm 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 over it. Um if they don't want to talk to you, I guess that's pretty much the end of it. Look, you can't force people to respect you, regardless of whether their reasons are valid or minuscule. And I kind of don't understand the uh, the reason for the ridiculousness. It's like, uh, I'm like, I'm watching this show. She says, I want to watch the news. My grandson says that we always watch the news. I'm like, but the show isn't over. Then they go scurrying about. Um, my son-in-law and grandson's walking past me to go outside. My son-in-law says, you can watch the TV. I was like, oh, hell no, not now. I went to the kitchen flabbergasted. My daughter then says to me, maybe you should just leave. Okay. Fucking TV, man. Fucking TV. Yeah, I would just call it a day. You gave it a shot. You failed. They don't like you. You bought them gifts. They didn't reciprocate. You lost. You're you're a loser. You're a loser. So I guess you just, just leave it as it is. Go live your life. Maybe they'll call you. Maybe they won't. I mean, honestly, they might end up actually end up calling you. Um, but you've left presents and all that other stuff. Look, I just... Me, I don't have time for that shit. If you just if if you want to reconcile and they don't want nothing to do with you, then that's it. It's done. Nothing you can do about it. That's it. Even if they are family, jigs up. Call it a day. Uh, let's see. All right, fifty-two minutes. Let's call it a day here. Positive sarcasm podcast. Uh, with my terrible calculations. Uh, but hey, yeah. If you got six million dollars, why don't you rescue a few thousand puppies instead of buying a fucking mansion in in friggin' L.A. You chaps. Um. In the meantime, you can find me on Instagram, Positive Sarcasm, Minds.com, uh, Positive Sarcasm, Gab, Positive Sarcasm, Facebook.com slash Positive Sarcasm. You can email me directly, Positive Sarcasm at Outlook.com, um, or you can go to my website. And then, of course, check out my affiliate links, especially for the Weeble app. Like I said, stocks, baby, free stocks. 
posing music for bodybuilders, go ahead and uh, look me up. Um, send me requests. If you got wedding stuff coming up and you need a, you need a videographer, also give me a holler. Anything else? Feel free to reach me in any way, shape, or form. Check out my other channels, Positive Sarcasm and Positive Sarcasm Reactions. Dropping another one tomorrow night. In the meantime, thank you for listening, watching, and subscribing. And I'll talk to you all next week. I got some packing to do. Recorded here from the sandbox. This has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation. I'm a spaceman, got a rocket on my back Spaceman, oh I'm raving like a maniac Spaceman, got a rocket on my back The universe is down for my rave attack Finchy Gagari, dir die Boxen doch mal auf Gestern noch im Trockenbau, heute bin ich Cosmonaut Ja, ja, jeder kann sie sehen, da am Himmel weiße Streifen Wer braucht von euch noch Beweise? Ja, die Erde ist ein Schein Mein Himmel ist ein Gau, I'm traveling space What kind of rocket on my back? I'm a bad, 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 bad My religion is rave When I bring it to the other world So let me Steht vorm Supermarkt, dreht die Boombox an und geht zu Scooter ab Klau mir sein Rausche, fliege hoch Richtung Mars